Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So yeah, um, me and Ian saw a film when it first came out a few months ago called The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers, and... It's kind of a niche film, I'd say. There's not a lot of people who you could really have an in-depth conversation about it. So I thought, well, Ian should uh, should come on the podcast and we should discuss it. So um, would you call yourself a sort of big, artsy, fartsy, scratchy beard type of film, dude? I Damn, yes. In fact, that would be exactly what I would call myself. In fact, I kind of take pride in uh, liking films that most other people just don't like or get yeah um this film though uh the lighthouse i mean i suppose first thing to say really it was the last film i saw at the cinema before lockdown yeah uh i don't know about you what was the last movie you saw before you saw um yeah i think it was also the lighthouse and um so it just recently came out on blu-ray and um and i've watched it now for the second time and i've got to say like absolutely blown away at the time I'm still blown away. I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to actually watching it again. Yeah, it's going to be one of those films. Definitely, I can say hands down, I'll be watching it again and again and again. Uh, you have mood films. You have um, films that you will watch maybe certain times of the year, like Die Hard at Christmas, same as Gremlins, um, The Lighthouse. I don't think I could watch it on a sunny day, but definitely on a dark and stormy night. <laughs> um, yeah, just absolutely brilliant. Um, I will just quickly say, I was looking forward to this film a lot. I was really looking forward to it. Uh, Robert Eggers did the also witch. Got a bias. Got well, a bias for Robert Eggers. Oh, dude, man, I love that guy. Um, Robert Eggers. Jeez, what can I say? The witch. Have you seen the witch? Max, you need no, to watch I the witch. Sorry, I just shook my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shook his head. He no, I haven't. No, it's, I, I was really hoping to watch it before this discussion so that we could do a comparison, but so I, uh, I just couldn't find it on any streaming service, and obviously I didn't want to steal it, so I didn't I, get around to watching it. But I was. If you wanted to talk about comparisons and stuff, that'd be cool. But well, could you the, just tell me what would um, just just for context for anyone who hasn't even heard of the lighthouse? What's the what's the plot? The general summary of the 
Okay, film. so I mean, um, spoilers. There is a lighthouse, and there is um, lighthouse keepers. And uh, according to this this movie, I haven't looked into wikis. They call themselves wikis, people who look after lighthouses. Um, you do it in shifts, so usually up to two weeks at a time, uh, maybe four weeks. I suppose it depends on on the weather and the you know the the sea itself. But the idea is that uh, you need a lighthouse uh, on these islands to stop ships from crashing into into the rocks, and um, and there we go. So uh, Robert, um, pa- Robert Patterson, Robert pa- I was going to say Eggers, <laughs> but no, uh, Robert Patterson, uh, fresh faced, has never been a, a lighthouse keeper before, uh, arrives. Maybe you can clear this up with me, Max, because when I saw it at the cinema, I was very confused when I watched it again recently. Uh, I didn't realize they turned up at the lighthouse together. Yeah. I was under the impression that, I don't know why, because it, it, watching it the second time around, it's quite clear. But I was very much under the impression that um, Willem Dafoe's character, um, who we find out's name is, uh, is is Thomas Wake, Yeah, later on in the movie, I uh, was under the impression he was already there and had been for a long time. Yeah. Which, watching it a second time, has now kind of altered my perception of the yeah. movie slightly uh which is one of the things that i think should be massively um celebrated about this film is the perception of the movie is exactly what you whatever you bring to the table whatever you want it to be there's a certain there's a lot of creative uh license that you as a as a viewer have with this movie what do you think is that uh is oh, that about right yeah fucking yeah i mean i think you you, you put in a lot <laughs> it takes a lot to understand it sort of like i don't know well anyway so uh <laughs> it's hard it's, it's kind of hard it's to gonna get... be a difficult film to talk about i don't yeah. know why uh this... and obviously spoilers if you haven't yeah. seen it then why are you even listening but yeah to this? It's, it's it's kind of a the story is basically like a, a a dominant struggle between uh a lighthouse keeper and his assistant Worm Defoe plays the lighthouse keeper and he doesn't allow Robert Patterson to see the light. He gets him to do all the menial jobs, uh, including not limited to just taking shit and throwing it off the side of cliffs. Yeah. Uh, painting, fucking, you know, filling up the water thing. And it starts off. It's uh, 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 it's interesting because the second time I watched it, I, I first time I watched it, I was thinking Robert Patterson just fucking hates this guy straight from the beginning. But there's a point I, I, when I was watching it last night, I feel like he's like mildly bemused by Willem Dafoe for like until the point where he's like, "Get me a drop of coffee." That scene when he gets him to the drop of just, coffee. Then scene. he's just like, oh, like fucking all right. The drop of coffee scene is kind of where um, the boundaries are overstepped. Yeah, and it's like it. So very much it starts off um, with because you know. You see uh, Willem Dafoe's character, uh, but you you know they get off the the boat. Basically, you see Willem Dafoe's character and silhouette as you do Robert uh, Patterson. They get off the boat, um, and you you basically you see the the entire film through Robert Patterson's eyes. Yeah, you see um, you know Ethram Winslow. It's 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 his perspective. So you don't even really meet Willem Dafoe. Until you see him pissing from behind uh, a yeah. pillar in the bedroom, you know, and um, you follow that through, and then obviously the first fart, which <laughs> yeah. lets you know. Let, just spoiler warning: there are farts in this uh, yeah. in this film. Um, well, it's interesting how farts are used, kind of, because it starts off like 
he they're, they're fighting together and just like it's just unbearably annoying yeah right? and you can just imagine how he's feeling like jesus christ i mean anyone who's got an older brother i'm sure <laughs> will appreciate uh appreciate yeah. what, what what that's like but um but yeah and i, I when i first watched it the the whole thing in my head was you know which one of these guys is the bigger asshole yeah you know um is it um willem defoe's character um because he won't shut up right? he just yeah. won't won't shut up at all um or is it the fact that robert Pattinson's character just won't get on with it you know yeah. he's uh and it all breaks down for me um that first scene where he refuses the toast yeah and um and that speech comes up the little toast and uh because i mean there's a lot of uh it's like even in that scene it's like a power play because robert Pattinson he doesn't like pour his like um willem defoe pours two cupfuls of um of liquor, of liquor. or rum i think yeah. I, I think we could assume it's of, rum of rum and instead of just because robert Pattinson doesn't want to drink it because he's not drinking alcohol at that point in the film so you'd think oh he's just gonna pour it into willem defoe's cup but he walks over to the sink and he just pours it in the sink deliberately yeah, to, yeah. and he like looks back at him like what are you gonna do and then yeah. he fucking like water but then it switched back because willem defoe knows that the that water's water is, is contaminated yeah and the rum's um, the safest thing to drink so, on the island. Yeah, so there's just little little things like that 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 you don't maybe you wouldn't notice, but your brain did that you would just pick up on on a second viewing. That I didn't pick I up mean, on the first viewing, but it's just there's so there's so many like little things that happen throughout the film. There's kind of and again, it's very like um, you've got so you know I've I've kind of was watching it. I was thinking like yeah, yeah, masculinity. There's like lots of concerns about masculinity in this film. Yeah, and it's about you've got two alpha males i guess or one who thinks he's an alpha male i think yeah. robert patterson is not an alpha male um no. whereas defoe's character i think maybe is the alpha male yeah um i mean he does strike him first uh although that power play changes again my god there's so much to unwrap <laughs> on this movie that coffee scene you're talking about where um they're talking about goals, aren't they? Yeah. About um, and again, an, another theme uh, that's constantly running through this movie is um, superstition. Yeah. So you have uh, Willem Dafoe's character who's been at sea. Uh, he says uh, allegedly pretty much most of his life. Uh, he lost his uh, his family due to being at sea for like thirteen Christmases in a row. They kind of got pissed off with me not being there. And, uh, you know, the sea is the best mistress I'll ever have and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, all these um, superstitions, you can't kill a goal because they are the, the souls of, of, of sailors who have met their maker. And um, and Patterson, who's like, this is all horseshit. Yeah. This is all abs- absolute horseshit. To which at that point, uh, Defoe loses his shit and slaps yeah. um, Patterson. Bearing in mind that Defoe is obviously an older character and... It's kind of clear at that point that um, Patterson could knock his block off yeah. completely. And then Willem Dafoe, when he's talking about coffee, then for the rest of the scene, his head is buried right on the table. There's a complete submissive. And again, that happens again at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, with the, uh, wow, one of the most powerful scenes of the movie, I think. One off. God, there's so many. But um, yeah, so there is a power play that switches uh, quite often, more often um, yeah. on a second viewing uh, than the first viewing, uh, you kind of realise that they both up each other quite a bit. Yeah. And there's never really a kind of clear winner, even right at the very end. Yeah. There, there, there isn't a clear winner. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, I suppose that the masculine thing really, uh, that scene where they are piss ass drunk and they're dancing. Yeah. And then they kind of embrace yeah. and go for the kiss. And then they push away. They yeah. push, and then they start fighting. Yeah. And it's like, I've seen that. And on they're the fucking, laughing and they're, yeah. Then I, I've seen it on High Street. Every, you know, I, I've worked in a lot of pubs and, and, and clubs and I, I've seen that behavior. Yeah. It's like, you can't fuck, so you fight. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, so yeah, that was it. So power play, masculinity, yeah, that's, that's another politics. thing about the film is it's just, it's very much about like suppressed sexuality. Oh my God, like, yeah. Just insane horniness. <laughs> I don't I mean, know how to explain oh, it. Oh, the masturbation like, scenes. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of it is conceptual and you see it through um, like... Rock well, one of them is conceptual. Yeah. One of them's definitely not conceptual. <laughs> one of them's totally, um, you know, um, having a wank and, and, and jizzing in the uh, in the firehouse. Yeah. And the other one is... Is he fucking an octopus? Yeah. You know? Because there's well, a yeah, lot that, of jizz. Well, yeah, that fucking <laughs> stuff comes through. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, it's like, come, there's come up there. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, yeah, it's like, is that, because, you know, is that Defoe's come Or yeah. is that an whatever's up there's come? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about, about that. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll uh, go into theories as to what's actually in. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I want to go back just quickly about how it's shot. Like, the amount of... Um, precision in the filmmaking just nothing is wasted in terms of everything seems to have been exactly as the guy Robert Eggers wanted it to be in a way that he didn't I've seen interviews where where he says I don't film extra I don't have a like a secondary unit I just we just we know what we want and we just film it and it's amazing that that's the case because everything's so precise the whole time yes like there's those shots that one shot in particular it's a really small like thing I noticed when Rob Patterson's pouring the white stuff into the water. Yes. And the way it's filmed is... The lime, I think it is. Yeah, it's filmed Uh, from inside the, inside the, you know, the the bath thing. I don't know. (laughs) And it's filmed filmed that way. The cistern. It's filmed from inside the cistern and it's like perfectly symmetrical. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, damn. Like, it's really interesting. Because also, because the way it's filmed in the frame the the frame size is it just cuts it to a sort of triangle shape in that way because it's dark like that well especially when so, you see the swirls as well when you cut yeah. to the opposite view of uh what yeah. uh Patterson would see looking into that i mean that was the um the 1191 uh aspect ratio yeah and um and obviously shot in 35 millimeter and uh, i'm glad you brought that up because um i remember uh talking about this movie to you before we'd gone to see it yeah. Uh, obviously, we didn't we didn't see it together. Um, but I remember you sort of talking uh, after seeing it, and I said, "Will it be something that you get on Blu-ray?" Because for me, it's definitely something I want to see on Blu-ray. And uh, you were worried that it um, it wouldn't have the same effect. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you desperately wanted to see it at the cinema. I mean, and fantastic to see it at the cinema. Like, yeah. And not only fantastic to see it at the cinema, but fantastic to be a part of what only like. 14 people in the cinema <laughs> all watching it yeah. just before the world ended. And, um, I mean, it know. ended up getting a, a little bit more of a wide release, but when I saw it, it was like on like two nights a week for like three weeks and that was yeah. it. But I think it's because it got sort of acclaimed that it became a little bit more, um, may, maybe more people saw it than expected. I don't know. But so when, um, when you, it's we- a hard, it's a, it's a very hard sell considering how it was filmed. Like I, I know plenty of people that wouldn't want to see this just purely because as soon as it starts and it's just that, frame it's just yeah. like oh, jesus christ I can't, yeah. i'm not gonna be able to deal with this black and white as as well like well, 
I remember being in a cinema and then the curtains opened and they kept going and thinking, nah, you could stop there, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't going to need all that screen. Um, So my question to you would be, how how did it uh, play when you watched it at home on that? Because they didn't change the aspect. I was worried that they would. I don't know why. In my head, I was like, oh, they might... They might fill out the screen, uh, but they didn't. And uh, obviously, you had the clarity of of, uh, of, of Blu-ray. Um, do you think it? I mean, how how did that feel to you? Well, I don't know. I, I, I it was. I think it was definitely a lesser experience. Like you're not going to be able to recapture that first time you see it. But I was less enjoying it because of the way it was shot. The second time, I was more enjoying it for the like little things I hadn't noticed. Like the way it was shot was really secondary. At the, the second time I watched it too, like the little moments that I hadn't noticed. I yes. Um In I'm, fact in fact the, the way it was shot was a little bit frustrating, to be honest, because of the way I was watching it on just a regular TV. It's not made to be viewed that way, you know. No, no, it's not. Um I don't think it um it certainly didn't detract from uh me being completely absorbed by it at yeah. all. But I think that's helped really with the, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so compelling. Um, God, that foghorn. <laughs> yeah. Just. I had to turn it down when that came on. I was like, this oh, is too loud. I kind of want and it the as ending, a ringtone. The ending as well was way too loud. <laughs> Whoa, the ending. Oh, man. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, my God. Just. In fact, I, I turned it up at the ending. I mean, I've got a speaker system out there, and it's just. It, it was almost like listening to Aphex Twin. Um, just, the, just the ending there. Just, it's just. Oh, after the <laughs> ending, it's so good. Um, kind of reminded me a lot of um, Pi. Did you ever see Pi? Or oh, the David Fincher film? When I, uh, no, not Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> yeah. The taxi driver from <laughs> <Yeah>. Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your mother, it's about, I don't know, like uh, like Bible or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's some shit in the era. I, I haven't seen Pi, no. But I like Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. The Wrestler's um, one of my favorite films. Right. I haven't seen The Wrestler. Um, I really enjoyed Pi. Um, and I really enjoy, well, you can't really enjoy Rec Room for a Dream. It's a film that happens no. to you. It's like a nightmare. Yeah. It happens. You sort of regret that it happened. but Yeah, I it, never need to see that film again. Oh, right. Fantastic. Right. It's, I've got uh, it on Blu-ray and I don't even, it's not even. Rec Room for a Dream and Cannibal Holocaust. Two movies <laughs> you do not need to watch again. Um, very glad I saw them. Well, never watch. And also I won't recommend them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do yeah. watch them. They are brilliant films. But, um. The horror. The horror. The horror. But, um, yeah, swinging back to um, any standout moments? Um, I think I can't think of any, like, huge moments that happened that I wasn't already, that I didn't already enjoy the first time. But after the second viewing, again, I picked up on these tiny moments. Like, there's a moment where... um, Willem Dafoe's like, are you a... a, uh, are you a, are you a godly man or whatever? I'm God fearing. Yeah, that's what I'm you mean. God fearing. If that's what you mean, he takes a smoke of a cigarette and then he says, "I'm God fearing." If that's what you mean, and then he looks down and it's gone out, and like it's one of the weird. It's just like, and then the music starts and it carries on. So it was just like clearly a subtle little moment that was definitely meant to be there. That this cigarette went out as he said, "I'm a God fearing man." I was like, that's a really like interesting detail. Is yeah, there? no, no, no. Um, for me, uh, watching it the second time round. Um, was picking up more on the dialogue. Yeah. Did dialogue you watch it with was... subtitles? Uh, no. No, no, I, I haven't. I didn't, I didn't either. I started watching it with subtitles. Do you know what? I, I, didn't like, even think, I didn't even think to do that. Well, it was um, anno- I, tr- I, tr- I tried, but it was annoying because it was like, 
it's like there's not much of a frame anyway. So. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah, to yeah. have words underneath there as well, it, yeah, was, right. it was annoying. So I didn't bother. Yeah, I um uh. So obviously, this the first time round, um, the the language obviously, especially from you know, well, actually, all from Defoe's character. Yeah. Um, very hard to kind of penetrate the first time round. Mm. Watching it at home, definitely, you know, got um. Got more of it and got the flow of it, uh, you know, kind of, um, I suppose the first time around, it's kind of a shock. Um, and again, what I wanted to point out were one of the comparisons with uh, The Witch. Robert Eggers has got this thing with language. Like, yeah. it's definitely a theme in his his work in, in the two films, if you could compare them. Intense realism, right? He wants absolutely. it to be absolutely of its time. The thing about The Witch, for me, is, my God, the performances with the language that they use. Yeah. It's like oldie english and what's amazing is like obviously it's set in america but they sound british because obviously they were british you know we kicked them out of britain because they were too religiously mental and uh to capture that accent and that voice and that like it was just amazing and he's done exactly the same thing with the lighthouse um yeah this guy knows this guy clearly to me wants accents and language Mm. to be a part of it and one of the criticisms I heard from people was like, oh, you can't understand the fucking words he's saying. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, I can't understand. Well, you've got some... to tune into it. Like, that's the, that's the point of the, like, it's meant to challenge you in that way. You're meant to just but that's, that's... struggle to understand. But, like... but that's the point. It's like, you know, you can, you can hear, you know, someone born and bred in Glasgow all of their life and have trouble. I mean, I was traveling years ago with a guy from Glasgow and um, we were very drunk, which obviously made it harder to communicate. And he said to me, Ian, I can't understand what you're saying. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm completely talking English. And I'm very like, it's you. I can't understand. So yeah, accents can really be really hard to penetrate. Yeah. And and um, and I think, you know, I think that's great. It's, um, I like being challenged. Yeah, well, it's cool it. as well. Because a lot of directors and films don't go for that extreme realism that he does. No. Like, I've heard, I read about how he was, while he was directing, after a take, he'd say, can you do it again, but 10% slower? Yep, okay. Like, what the fuck? Not George Lucas. <laughs> Who's like, that uh, specific about their direction that they want it done 10% slower? Not like George Lucas are faster, but more intense. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but he'd say that every time. Wow, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, faster, more intense. And uh, yeah, we just got to get through this yeah. shit. But that's um, that's another thing about Robert Eggers. Like I was saying about his filmmaking, or the, the, the directing of actors, like the performances are fucking amazing. I don't, I can't believe they weren't nominated for. They both, like everyone, was, everyone was talking about Willem Dafoe about how great he was, and he is great. I think Robert Pattinson is just as good. Right. Well, um, I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to say um, I thought Robert Pattinson. I mean, literally, this was you know, like you said, everyone showcased um, Dafoe. But for me, this was Robert Pattinson's moment to shine. Yeah. It was his film. Like, okay, so without, you know, shadow of a doubt, some of the speeches by Defoe. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, like the whole rant of, you know, tell me you like my cooking. Hmm. And then when he does the curse hmm. on Pattinson, I mean, I interpret it as a curse onto Pattinson. That speech was just yeah. absolutely incredible. But it's Pattinson's movie for me because he's never um, overshadowed by yeah. Defoe. Not in the same way that, bless him, Paul Dano was overshadowed by Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> yeah. in There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood is one of my fucking favourite films of all time. I fucking love that film. I love Daniel Day-Lewis. I drink your milkshake. I drink. <laughs> drink it up. Um, just 
How do you fucking act against that? Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And bless him, he did. He, Dano did a fucking great job. Yeah, but that's. I mean, no one talks about that when they think of there we blood. But also, but like, and why would you? Because I mean, like, it's just like I mean, it's a featherweight going against a heavyweight. Yeah, you know, it's two different classes, and uh, Patterson did not suffer the same thing. Yeah, like you know, Defoe again is that heavyweight. Well, I think I think maybe Patterson's role was harder to do because there's a lots of like big 100%. speech moments where Willem Dafoe has to. It's it's a great performance, obviously. I, I know it's a great performance, but it's very kind of sh- you know show off. You know, he has to fl- like really flex his acting muscles in a very obvious kind of way. Defoe loves it. Moments. That's yeah, what Defoe he's, lives he's, for. He's he's chewing the scenery. You know, absolutely, he um, lives for it. You know, but, that's but Patterson has to be more subtle in the film, and there's. Just the way he like in the first ten minutes, he because he's so sulky and so like I, I fucking hate being here. I'm already annoyed that I'm here. It doesn't even really look like Rob Patterson. Like his face is different. Like he's, completely, he, he's yeah. changed. Like his face is his default expression is different. Like he's got a more twisted like, like I mean eyebrow like twisty face expression, and that, obviously the moustache helps as well. That um, um, that masturbation Rain Max scene. Um, yeah. you know, he's got the the rain yeah. hat on. I did think like his ass is hanging out. Like all of you girls who fucking love Twilight, like, <laughs> look at your hero now. <laughs> and he you loves know. it. That's why he did it. It's because yeah. I mean, did you see you saw Metropolis, right? Uh, no, that's that's David the, Cronenberg. Oh, Cosmopolis. Oh, sorry, yeah. Cosmopolis. No, I haven't, of course, no, you haven't. No, okay, no, really again, it was um. He's kind of he wanted to do something that was very different to yeah. And I I, I was actually speaking to someone. Uh, from that era of Twilight, the films, and yeah. and I didn't realize. I mean, I I mean, I I thought they were garbage, but I didn't realize everyone else thought they were garbage films. Yeah, and um, and I didn't realize the uh, you know I was quote someone quoted to me. They said that Robert Patterson in an interview about Twilight at the time said, "What's the one thing you'll take away from these movies?" And he said uh, that I survived it. <laughs> Yeah, he hated being in them. And I had he no idea. He did it purely for like, the money. It was a it was an agent's decision. It wasn't his. And I think I said to you, I think I said to you earlier this year. I since, said I, since doing Twilight, he's just done projects to distance himself from it. And I think I said to you earlier this year. I said, um, you know, I think I think Robert Pattinson is going to have his day. Yeah, like he is going to be. And and thank God for like you know mm. something like the lighthouse and 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 uh, Cosmopolis. I mean, I'm a David Crane. Have you seen a good time but... that came out no, last year? No, it's really no, good. He's in that. It's fucking great in that, and a completely different role as well. It's not like he's doing the same shtick over and over. Like he's clearly like got many characters inside him. That he oh can... God! And he's gonna be Batman as well. So yeah, I was you know um, can't quite see it. Uh, <laughs> I can't see it, but um, I mean that's a completely different different uh, subject. Thing about Batman, you can put any freak in a mask. <laughs> it's about Bruce Wayne. It's got to be the right Bruce Wayne. Sure. Which is why... Um, we um, can talk about Batman. Yeah. But... Let's, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, We're talking what, about um, the lighthouse, which... Um... Is there anything in your second watch that you didn't like about the film? Like, can you think of anything that kind of... I don't know. Because I, I, was, only... I was frustrated in moments, but I'll, I'll ask you first. Right. Okay. So I wasn't really frustrated by any moments. The thing that was frustrating was that thing you can't do anything about, which is it's not the same experience when you're in a cinema. Yeah. Um, now, there are some movies that are just better when you chill out at home. There are some movies that are obviously just made for cinema. Um, anything more? I suppose... No. No, just other than the fact that... <laughs> the perfect film. He's found it. Wow. Well, 
No, I mean, obviously, I. So it's a ten out of ten for you, definitely. Do you know what? Yeah. Wow. Before I even get that far, spoilers. It's wow. a ten out of ten. And for you, Max, what were your? Well, I, I, I do. I like the film a lot, but I wouldn't say I loved it in the same way you did. You say you do because I. Uh... Ah, but there might be a reason for that, well, which we might cover at the end. Well, I just it was just kind of a bit frustrating moments because just the constant back and forth kind of got a bit fr- annoying at times where it's just like okay now the mates okay now they're arguing again and now they're not mates and now you think but- there could have been a scene or two of that cut out maybe yeah maybe maybe i don't know for sure i'm not fucking a genius like robert eggers but also that kind of contradicts my last point where everything's so precise and he's clearly thought about everything but it, it like how much of a dynamic can you really stretch just two characters so they had to he had to keep doing it over and over again is what i'm saying is I mean, the, uh, they're mates they're not they're mates they're not that happens a lot in the film i mean i also wonder what was left on the on the cutting room floor because um not much from what i've heard well when i saw the uh, deleted scenes it's kind of like oh oh i didn't hit didn't see any delete i didn't watch those oh dude i mean there's there's no point it's like <laughs> most of them are kind of just like Maybe shots. little little extensions of what's already still in right. the film, but there was nothing like, you know, not not like some other movies where you've always got like an entire fucking movie yeah. left on the cutting room floor. Um, yeah, actually, don't bother. Don't bother <laughs> watch the deleted scenes. There's there's not much to them. But um, one of the things I wonder about is, you know, you must get that point where you've got two actors who are given so much freedom to kind of embellish you know, their roles um, and make them their own. I mean, God, watching Patterson beat his chest and do that, yeah. that batshit. I mean, again, we need to discuss when does it go batshit? Um, you know, how much of that was like left in because Jesus, they were great. They had great, you know, there was a great moment on set. Yeah. Um, you know, how well, much you of mean that was... when the story changes, you mean when it becomes... when? Oh, the... no, the batshit thing. Like, where do you think it... Um, because my whole thing again, going back to you know what I said, uh, who's which guy's the asshole? Which guy is the protagonist? Um, when did you when do you think it first kind of starts going into that mouth of madness? Oh, definitely when after the seagull when he beats the shit out of the seagull, right? And then like the the wind literally changes, <laughs> right? So, that was another thing that fr- that annoyed me a little bit. It's a little bit on the nose, like right now the I- rest of it's so conceptual and like take your take. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Take it like with a pinch of salt, everything you know. But that was kind of a bit obvious. I'm very glad the, the winds changed. All I'm right, so <laughs> glad this came up naturally in conversation. So yeah, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, it was a little bit on the nose when he killed the seagull. We're already aware uh, that um, out of many things, out of many uh, mysticism, superstitions have been uh, laid down. The killing of a seagull. And then the wind changes. Yeah, I was alright with the seagull part. That was, you know, cool, and it was the part of the his story. But like, literally, the wind changing. I mean, literally, right? It's a bit. It's just a bit on the nose. Okay, it's one of the reasons I love the witch so much, and it's Robert Eggers. And this is another thing I want to get into. Maybe we could start digging into this now. Um, the fucking octopus. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay. What is it? I mean, the mermaid. We haven't even discussed the mermaid. Yeah. So the mermaid, the octopus, were they real? Uh, and no. I'll go back to the wind changing. No, I don't, I don't think any of the the delusions that he has, you know, any of the things that he imagines or he sees 
are real. I think they're all just part of like the like the the mermaid he sees is just a a guilt or some kind of darkness inside him that's manifested from seeing the little mermaid um, figure, and I think. Like he doesn't know what Willem Dafoe's doing up there, so his 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 brain, and he's he's been on this island for so long that he's going a bit insane. So he's he's just thinking of the the fucking craziest thing that could be going on out there. I don't think any of it's real. This is <laughs> no no no. Cool, I'll just shoot cool. down everything. No, but this that is, they were doing. But I think this is the beautiful thing about the interpretation. I think you can uh, watch it film. both ways, where you can you can take all those things into account, and you can just watch it as a straight. That's the that's one of the great things about it is you can just watch it as a straight normal uh, experience, where it's just a straight linear narrative with all this other crazy shits going on. I mean, but it, also it's just a guy who really wants to see into a lighthouse, and then when he does, he fries his fucking brains. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't go that way with it, and um, and I wouldn't because. I like my, you know, uh, I've spoken to you before, like, I, I like things to be fantastical. And yeah. knowing Robert Eggers from The Witch, what he does with The Witch, um, I can't stand this whole fucking, it's um, it's a psychological metaphor for right. mental illness, or it's it's this. Robert Eggers gives you the fucking witch in the first yeah. five minutes of The Witch. Heard, yeah. You're like, oh, that's a fucking witch. <laughs> it's true. So when I watched The Lighthouse, all that shit that's going on, Knowing what I know about Robert Eggers, it's like, shit, this could be fucking, this could be real. Yeah. This could be exactly what's going on. He has, so when the wind changed after killing the seagull, it's like, well, damn, of course. Because this is a Robert Eggers film. Yeah. And uh, in Robert Eggers, anything goes. And it's probably going to be, I mean, I don't want to spoil the witch for you, but like, when you watch it, yeah, it's just kind of like, wow, he, that's all happening. That's all there. The witch it's, is much scarier in the lighthouse i oh. didn't find the lighthouse i wouldn't even consider the lighthouse a horror film black comedy i i wouldn't yeah like any like uh, any other genre that you can think of i yeah. would put that above horror because at no point do i find it scary i mean one of the things no point do i find it that i know it's suspenseful but i wouldn't find it yeah horrifying or I'm, doesn't scare me at any point really. i would put I it in the same you know well made and cool I would put it in the same kind of bracket as, uh, and not just because it's fucking black and white, but um, it's one of those films where I remember watching a razor head. Yeah. Uh, David Lynch David for the Lynch. first time. And just like, I don't know why I feel so tense. <laughs> you know, it's just, just by the time you get to the end of it, you're just fucking, you've done a workout, you're sweating, you probably lost yeah. a couple of pounds and um, it's the same kind of tension. And I wouldn't call a razor head, a horror movie. And I wouldn't call, the Lighthouse, a horror movie. I would call it a black comedy. Definitely. Yeah. There's humor Oh, it's in there. so funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. in the film that's so funny. Um, but you like me lobster, lad. <laughs> but you like me lobster. Um, it, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, just, oh, have it your way. You know? I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the part where he, he he throws the shit off and then it lands on him. That's a comedy oh shot. God. The scream he yeah. does. The and scream it is It's a perfect comedy moment. In pitch perfect. Because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. You and he's just like fumbling happened. and he's trying to get it off. And he's just, he's just can't, like he's walking. And he's so yeah. fucking hungover. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. could you imagine being that hungover? Yeah. And then, you know, being covered in someone else's shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, not, not that being covered in your shit is, 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 is any better. But yeah, then he gets back and Willem Dafoe's like, you smell like shit. <laughs> you know, and you better get, you know, you better get ready. And, uh. <laughs> So, um, I, I've looked at a couple of theories and stuff, and on that point, 
Do you think that uh, Defoe's character got him so fucking hammered so that he wouldn't get the boat? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. But but for what reason? When they, well, that's when what they, I was when wondering. they both getting the boat. Um. Well, that's what I thought. Was it, was it Willem Dafoe's thing? Like he just his his character just he just fucks with his assistants, and then and this is the point where because his last assistant goes insane, right? He talks about that allegedly. Yeah. He goes insane, and he's taken. He goes missing, or he's taken off the island. I, yeah. I I'm confused. But then there's a, the head in the lobster. But the head trap. in the lobster pot. Yeah. But then that's part of um, Wimslow's. Well, at that point, he's not. Yeah. He's not Winslow. Uh, That's a whole thing as Winslow well. Winslow anymore. Um, I'm not really sure about that thing as well. I don't know why that was part of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess mean, it's. I guess it's to it's to establish that Willem Dafoe has something over Robert Pattinson. Now he knows his true identity. He's revealed himself to him. So now he can't why did go. You spill yeah, your beans. He lad. can't go. He now can't go back to the real world, knowing that this guy knows his true identity. But also, what confused me was, you know, when he's saying you're, you know, you're mad as a dog. Uh, Tommy at this point. Yeah. Tommy, you're mad as a dog. Um, you know, just watching you smash up the lifeboat when clearly it's Defoe mm-hmm. who smashes up the lifeboat. Yeah. And chases him. So it's like at that point, like who's fucking with who? Yeah. Uh, and then Defoe does that whole thing about, I might just be a figment of your yeah, imagination. He, he, yeah. He actually says that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's weird that he would say that. And you get to that point where you're like, right, where the fuck? fuck are we <laughs> i know it's robert eggers so i know potentially that poseidon you know or fucking neptune any minute is going to yeah. come up and spear um spear wimslow but it's kind of deliberately kind of ambiguous in that way because even when we get to the end which i'm sure we'll get to it's like hang on he was fully clothed and how did he get outside of the lighthouse, but then down to the rocks yeah. to be naked? I mean, what the... F- what? Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and I'm sure we can get into kind of, you know, talk about mythology and yeah, there's Poseidon the... and Prometheus, which is obviously... I mean... Who, who's the, the, the legend, the Greek legend about the guy being bitten for eternity right so the guy being uh having his liver um poked out for eternity is prometheus yeah now this is where it gets interesting for me it's um so prometheus i know uh, if anyone's uh familiar with and i'm fucking not familiar with it i'm yeah i vaguely know it it's um prometheus was the son of poseidon i think sure (laughs) and i mean i know i listened to stephen fry's mythos once Give me a break. Um, and he basically, he stole fire from Mount Olympus. Right. So he stole fire and he brought it down to humanity. And he gave humanity basically technology. He gave the humans the ability to grasp the concept of you take this element here and then you can create technology from it. Because fire, I mean, Christ, you know, we burn, we heat, we... we've used we've used a lot of fire and um the lighthouse the light itself might be that fire and um you know tom is uh is hiding it is you know he's keeping it to himself so that's zeus basically he's in charge of the flame he's in charge of the light tenders the light is mine yeah and um and uh wimslow is prometheus he wants access to the light 
and he gets it. But also, um, he can't he can't handle uh, he can't handle the light. Uh, Adam and Eve, you know, he disobeys the natural yeah. order. Um, you know, it was Eve. So he's basically Eve and Prometheus. Um, if he'd have just done what he was told, hmm. instead of being too tempted to see, but he what does the, what he's told a lot in the film. Oh God! I mean, more to the point where I would, you know, I mean, <laughs> but that I mean, is that because? You can't just walk off the island. I mean, I literally once threw the towel in at a bus and walked away. Uh, but I could because it was North London and it wasn't an island and it was yeah. like nowhere. Um, but yeah, there is there's a lot of theories to the film, and I don't want to. Um, I, I, I back to Darren Aronofsky. I hate hearing about what the director's actual intent is because it kind of ruins it. Well, like, I don't care what the director's intent is yeah. because when the directors made the film, it's now up to me how I yeah. interpret it. Um, well, shall I tell you how I interpret? It? Yeah, definitely. So basically, That's why for, we're here <laughs> for me? For me, that the whole the whole thing is basically, uh, you know, you've got a guilt complex already from both parties, um, and what's Defoe guilty about? His family. Well, his family, the but also he's people. well, no, because he's he's um, he's fucking a sea god. Right. I literally, for me, my interpretation is because I know, like I said, I know Robert Eggers, like, like there was a witch in the witch, like they're fucking in the light. There is, it's the, um, it's the face of God. Right. But it's the God of the sea. It's, you know, it's, um, but he has enough self-control. I mean, the whole thing is with, uh, Wimslow, he has no discipline. He has no respect for authority whatsoever. And that's why, um, you know, Thomas Wake uh, can stand in front of the light and be naked and not be consumed by it. Right. Because he has enough discipline, he has enough to be able to deserve to protect the light. And he instantly sees through Wimslow, like, you're not worthy. Like, you're Eve. You'll totally bite the apple yeah. and, and away you'll go. So to me, it's a kind of, it's a failed Prometheus uh, myth. Um, I mean, that scene where he's burying Defoe and the it's all going in there. Yeah. like It's killing off the old gods and trying to take control. But he can't take control. There's, he doesn't have the discipline. He has, he can't handle it. That's why he screams his face off and then tumbles down hmm. downstairs. Quite how he gets naked and gets out to the rocks, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that happens. But, I mean, I'm nitpicking here at that point. But... But for me, that's it. It's real. It's like there, there is. Yeah, he's naked at the end. I did notice that. That was weird. Mm. How right at the end when he's laying there, I, I kind of interpreted like his trousers got ripped off, like on the way down, or by a seagull. But he's or completely. Something. Or he's been there a few days, and it's... I mean, he's clearly been there a while. Yeah. I mean, you can see all the shit from the seagulls screwing right over him. Uh, but we also don't know if he's been there two days, two yeah. weeks, yeah. four years. Do they How wait? Long? Do they when he looks into the light and his and his and you know the loud. Fry's mm. brain. Is he naked there? He's not. No, right. he's not. He's wearing a he's shirt. Not. He's uh, completely wearing a shirt. But not only that, as the light gets more and more intense, all of the blood and everything from his face fades away. So he's almost cleansed by the light. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. it gets, um, you know, he, he, yeah, it gets brighter and brighter. And all that blood and all that just fades. And it's just, you just see his features. Because I was looking for his shoulder wound, hmm. which at that point you don't see. And uh, the second time around watching it, I was like, oh, is that a mistake? 
but you mm. can just about see it. But it's the way they turn up the light, yeah, that bleeds everything out. So it's almost like you know he's looking into that. The other reason I, I suspect that it's real and 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 there is more. I mean, that's the thing with the witch as well. It's like we're not going to explain it all to you, but there is a shit going on, and you're never going to know because you'd have to be in there and yeah. be doing it to know. The door on the light opens by yeah. itself. Yeah. It invites him in. At that point, I'm like, yeah, this is fucking... This Robert Eggers, like, completely fucking with you. This is real. That octopus, all that calm, that's totally happening. That's totally <laughs> real. Um, yeah, but he, always wake, but he always wakes up, like, from those moments. He's always... The next shot is always him in bed waking up. Yeah. Like he's, but they also do that with right at the beginning. Before you know anything, you see the logs kind of drifting yeah. apart. Then you see the body of what we know is Wimslow uh, later on. Yeah, he sinks into the water, right? Y- yeah. Um, I agree with you about the mermaid. I don't think the mermaid was there. I, um, you know, and... Um, but I do I do think that there's something in the light. There's something in the light, basically. There is. It's the, it's the, the abyss staring back at you. Um, but you know, whereas the abyss, we all—it's <laughs> just weird that you you know you accept that there's a giant tentacle monster, but there's not a mermaid. <laughs> no, 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 because I because because he finds the mermaid and then yeah. he breaks the mermaid and he says like I've broken the spell, I've yeah. I've done it. And do you think that's just he, his his wank fantasy then? The well, way? I think it's his it's it's his psychology just breaking down. Yeah, he's just fall he's fallen apart at that point, which is why he becomes obsessed. I mean, again, it's like. Um, it's even the garden, you know, once you're told about the apple, all you can do is think about the apple. Hmm. Like that's, that's his whole thing. And he begs, he begs at the end. He's yeah. like, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you just share. Because at that point he's lost everything. Everything is gone. He yeah. just, and I think it's the guilt complex that has driven him to his brink of his brink of madness. I think Defoe, uh, his madness is he's just, um, he looked into the abyss and he uh, he signed the dotted line and was just like, yeah, okay, fine. Well, I can, you know. And that's why he won't leave it and he'll just guard it um, obsessively, like Zeus and uh, and the fire. So, yeah. Um, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, mine, um, I think my interpretation is it is it's more literal. And I think um, you can have all that uh, abstract stuff going on as well. Like you can see it both ways. That's why the film's great. Because that's yes. the, that's the first thought when I first saw it. I said to my mates, we saw it with. I was like, it's great because you can see it too. You can see it either way. And I personally see it literally. <laughs> like he literally, well, that that abstract stuff's there, but he's imagining it all. And there's moments like when he uh, imagines Willem Dafoe as that Cthulhu monster with the you know coral all over him yeah and he gets then he punched he gets punched and then it's out so i think he's just going stir crazy he's going cabin fever so he's imagining like the uh like the mermaid is just a representation of like a visual representation of how horny he is and uh and again it's that it's it's that fight or fuck kind of male thing and then (laughs) i think i think yeah and i think he literally i think literally is a story about uh, a guy who wants to see the inside of a lighthouse and then when he does it fries his brain and i think that when willem defoe's up there he's just he's careful enough because he's been in the job too long to not look literally inside it like <laughs> the door he knows not to you know 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's my interpretation is a lot more boring <laughs> than yours. Well, no, but you but, see, the, uh, the, the, but that's the beauty of the film. But because... I like I like looking at it that way because it's it it brings it more real. Like for me, it's more realism and all that other stuff. The um the abstract stuff is um it's just kind of an extra nice icing on top, you know. But I mean, for me, uh, because I know I watch it, I'll watch it again, and uh, in fact, many times it'll definitely be one of those films I watch again and again. Uh, I know that it's going to change over time. I'm going to see other things. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to be at a certain point in my life, and I'll see it differently. And that's what's glorious about it. Hmm. The Witch is a bit more cut and dry. Um, it's it is what it is. I mean, that's yeah. one of the biggest problems uh, a lot of people had with um, another one of my favorite films, which didn't get the recognition, uh, the you know the praise it should have done. Uh, Hereditary. Yeah. Well, we disagree on that. We disagree on that, definitely. <laughs> but again, because for me, it's like, um, they are fucking bringing back a demon. Yeah. It is there. I don't, you know, I paid for a demon. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for a witch. Yeah. You know, give me the fucking witch. Uh, give me the demon. And yeah. they do. And I didn't pay like, for an old lady in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, there's no amb- ambiguity there. Do you know? And I like that. What I don't like is some of these more modern kind of jump scare type movies where you know it's yeah, but like, this is the most like am- ambiguity-ness film ever right yeah but you're but you're given leeway right to go where you want yeah i mean like you were it's just a, talking the, about yeah the film is multiple choice yeah right? but it's more multiple choice than say like under the skin have you seen under the skin um, you'd probably yes just, you'd fucking love that film. i do i love it that's it's the film that's the film that this reminded me of most because it's so do you know what i didn't even think there's a lot a lot of similarities to how you can interpret the film. Oh my god! And again, that's a whole conversation uh, all on its own. Maybe we talk next about time. yeah, we talk about Under the Skin sometime. Um, I'd like to rewatch that. I've got that on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's, no, that's, no, that's, that's the film that I um I thought was similar. Um, again, uh, that film's great because it's um it's what I call uh, a proper kind of seventies sci-fi. Yeah, seventies sci-fi movies are boring and slow, <laughs> and and they're fucking brilliant, and that's why I love them because they. They don't spoon feed you, you know, yeah. it's all just, and that's the thing with like, you were talking about, um, you know, when he's punching the shit out of uh, Defoe and he sees the mermaid and he sees the crazy, you know, um, fashion design student <laughs> interpretation <laughs> of whatever. Um, yeah. I see that as, um, as uh, Proteus, right. the son of Poseidon. And, you know, part of me, when he's giving that speech, you know, before like, but you like me lobster. It's um, he he. In my mind, he sums. It's a curse. He's summoning up, literally summoning up the the devil, the demon of the sea. Hmm. In that moment, that's what he's done, and he's caused the very end for him to be pecked at by gulls and and the gulls. I mean, another thing with Eggers is like, why is that gull fucking got it in for him? That gull has it in for him and there's a moment where that goal is in the cistern and it's and it's you know clearly in a fucked up way and there's another goal there and it's like does he save the goal in the cistern and does it all go a different way is there a choice there no he just grabs the goal that's been on his case but why is he why is that goal got it (laughs) for him what the fuck you know (laughs) Then the curse. I love the scene when he fucking kills the girl. Oh, so mate, funny. it's brilliant. I love it's that great. Because it's just so over the top. It just goes on for so long. 
But there's that other great scene where, you know, he's... Uh, I'd like to know, like, the prop designer, because it looks so real as well. Like, that's another thing, like, how real the film looks. Like, yes. Yeah. If, you, if you told me this was filmed at an actual lighthouse and this was, like, 50 years ago, you know, I probably would have believed you if I didn't know the main characters, like, the way it's filmed and how real it looks. Did you notice it was a one-eyed goal? Yeah. And well, um, I remember seeing it on the poster, so that's why I think because that's that's like the big joke. I think the teaser poster for this film was just the seagull. Oh, I never so, saw that. Like, um, yeah. I um, the only reason I bought that up was because um, the head in the lobster pot also only had one. Yeah, eye. I noticed that too. Yeah, and I just wondered on the second time of watching it was just like, ah, oh, hang on, is was the is the goal trying to tell Wimslow? Yeah, because. You know, uh, Wake has killed his previous assistant. Is the goal the soul of that previous assistant <laughs> trying to warn Wimslow? Yeah. I mean, it's like that's what's so fantastic about the film. There's so many, and again, why I'll watch it again, and we could probably have a, a conversation in a year's time after watching it a couple more times and have a completely different uh, yeah. uh, outlook on it. I mean, it's just it's fucking genius. And again, for me, you know, like I said, it's already a masterpiece. It's a it was a masterpiece the moment it started. Like, you know, you've got the black screen. The it's so easy to please. I am, well, <laughs> before apparently it, not. Before it even started, it was a masterpiece. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just the aspect ratio. No, yeah, no, the blank screen. I, I, I love that it exists because, like, yeah. films like that just, like this, just don't get made anymore. And but also, I, I would love to know, like, the behind the scenes, the, the hoops that. Robert Eggers had to jump through to convince the studio not just um, it has to be uh, in this aspect ratio it has to also be in black and white like fucking hell like Jesus Christ like how like no studio wants to finance your shit like that and uh, A24 the the they, they're the ones who made it they also make Good Time which is the other Rob Patterson film I'm and saying. they're also behind uh, Hereditary and Midsummer. yeah and um, uh, Uncut Gems as well seen Uncut oh, I've not Gems? Seen Uncut- oh no you've been recommending Uncut yeah Gems. you should see that yes. it's really good is that, it's just um, directed by the same guys who did Good Time, um, the Zafty Brothers. I'm, I'm predicting very good things from uh, A24. I mm. mean, like, well, again, they've already produced what fucking three of my favorite films of the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, um, like Midsummer. Obviously, you've not seen Midsummer. Again, I'd like to watch Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. I think I've heard too much about it now, though, because um, I've been spoiled. Like a couple of things I can think of that I already know are going to happen in it, so I have to wait until I've forgotten. <laughs> I mean, Midsummer's one of those things, even the things that you, you've been told about it, I mean, you get so drawn in, you forget all about that. And when it happens, it will shake you again anyway. It's okay. like, I mean, I don't know what you know about it, but... Um, who did Midsummer? Didn't he do something else? He's done other things. I can't remember who he did. Well, he did Hereditary and... Yeah. Well, um, I didn't like Hereditary. You didn't like Hereditary? No. no. But do you know what? I, I, I can see why people don't like it. Yeah. But I mean, I think it'd be fair to say you're you're not a horror guy. No, not really. Um, That's why I like this because it's not really horror. Oh, this is definitely not yeah. horror. This but is it's, black it's, comedy, it was marketed sure. as a horror film, though. Like the trailer yeah. made it look like a horror film. Well, on the face of it, it does look like a horror film. Mm. You know, um, to me, it's a it's a period piece. Mm. It's a black comedy period. You know what piece. it is? It's because I think the reason they marketed it as a horror film because it's the easiest genre for them to trick people into thinking that it is. There's enough horror in it for them to make a horror trailer out of it. Fair so enough. Like, you know how, what? like what house were they meant to market it to people? Like, I mean, Christ, how do you market that? Yeah. Like, you know, um, you can't say, hey, it's a scratchy beardy chin film for all you scratchy beardy yeah. chin people. Because um, no know. one says that other than you. Hey, <laughs> you no one your, says that other you than you. You and your brother say that. 
but uh, that's why that's why I should probably make some films. But um, yeah, um, I mean, really, God, what else to say? I mean, I have got notes. I mean, stylistic masterpiece. Let's go. Let's go through your notes because I wrote down some notes, but then I realized I was focusing too much on the notes, so I just stopped and enjoyed the film. I the mean, only thing I could think of to say was the. Um, I think I wrote down Robert Patterson's twisted face. <laughs> wrote, yeah, wrote that yeah, down, yeah. and uh, um, yeah, and just just how I was kind of annoyed about how it just kept it it kept kind of doing the same thing over and over again. So the pacing it was a bit re- repetitive, I'd say. So that what the pacing but, was off for you? Um, no, no, it, it flies by. It's a really, I mean, really, yeah, it really flies by. I was actually I'm just saying, surprised. I'm just saying, like the the relationship is a bit repetitive in places. Because but I mean, how else do you explore that um, power struggle without having them fall out and then become friends and then fall out again? Not, with a not cast friends, of, but with, with a cast of only two two people. Yeah, I mean, I understand um, the struggle. It's hard to do that with you know, hard to pump that much drama into a relationship between two characters. I know it's hard, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's definitely not waiting for Godot. Um, and if it was, it's definitely got like more tits in it and. Um, and, What's that? Uh, I don't know what that is. Waiting for Godot, uh, Beckett, Samuel Beckett's uh, a play. Um, oh, you should check it out. I think you'd like it. Okay, it would be cool. Yeah, Waiting for Godot. Again, it's that it's it's that thing about having two characters. Um, Waiting for Godot. I suppose, weirdly, in a way, it is very similar to um, to the Lighthouse. You've got two characters that are waiting for something. They're both waiting for something, and they're waiting for Godot and waiting for Godot. But who is Godot? Nobody knows. Nobody says anything. I don't they, know. They talk a lot. Well, you never find out. Spoilers. Um, you don't need to see it now. But, uh, you know, and they're. Sorry, I didn't know who he was before and I don't know who he is now. So. And they're waiting. Um, they're waiting for the, uh, for the boat. And um, I forget what the boat's called now. The tenant or the, the trench or something. Right. It begins with a T. Um, and yeah, and it's 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 a film about waiting for something, um, waiting for the end. You know, is there an end? You know, uh, the same theme in Waiting for Godot is like, are they dead? Have they been there the whole time? Is this hell? Are they doomed just to play this scenario out the whole mm. time? I mean, Waiting for Godot, nothing happens, like at all. I mean, definitely in the lighthouse, a lot of things happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you know, the drinking again. How much of that? is involved in yeah. their madness and I love as well I noticed I didn't notice this the first time after the second time because uh he writes drinking on the job on the thing on this particular time mm-hmm. during the film and it's a moment where he doesn't even Robert Batters doesn't even drink because you see him pick up the drink smell it yeah. put it down and then it cuts and he's no and it the camera pulls and then you see Defoe in the doorway, like he's just thought he'd seen right. him drinking, and uh, and then Defoe disappears yeah. in the next. You look back to the doorway, and he's gone. Yeah, yes, yeah. There was a couple of moments like that. The the Batman disappear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, okay, because there's a moment where Patterson's doing the same thing. There's two of those, I think. Defoe does one where he's in the doorway, like the one we just talked about. Yep, and Patterson does one earlier on. They put a Fight Club. They do a fight. Is it club. when he's looking when he's trying to steal his keys? Um, I can't remember. No, he. That's when um, he tries to steal his keys, and then he thinks about plunging the knife into his throat. Yeah, and then he wakes up, and uh, and again he's like, "It's a queer way to wear your shoes." 
So he and he'd already said earlier on, like, oh, you're, you. you're a good lad. I thought you were going to smash my skull in a couple of times, but you're all right. So like, yeah, there's. And there's the other great scene where, you know, just after they fight, like physically fight and they're holding each other, you know, passed out. And um, Wim, uh, Winslow is like, yeah, I trust you. I trust you. And then uh, Defoe is like, you trust me? And then Patterson's like, no, I don't <laughs> trust you at all. <laughs> and it's like, so there's never even a yeah. a real kind of uh, acceptance of the relationship. Like, and again, who's fucking with who? <laughs> you know, who's fucking with who? I think Defoe's definitely fucking with. I mean, completely fucking with him. Well, but I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, was it's it hard real? because he, I mean, the way I interpret the film, Patterson's kind of the shit. Really, he's the one who, you know, doesn't listen to orders and completely. He, he's already. You see that. You see the resentment as soon as he arrives. You know, like oh, he's yeah. not ready for what he's doing, and Defoe does all he can. You know, he's like. Uh, what what's a what's a timberman doing being a wiki? Like he's already like judging him. Yeah, you know. But that's also on Defoe because he doesn't give him a chance. No, I mean I do wonder. So it's just frustrating for both of them. <laughs> I do wonder what the movie, you know, what the other movie would be if, um, because, like, I want to see the the Defoe cut. I want to see it from. Uh, oh, that'd be amazing. I want to see it from his character's point of view. Because what if Patterson's what's going character? On up there? Just tell me. Just tell me what's going on. What if Patterson's character had just taken the drink yeah. and toasted? Would it have been a completely different yeah. film? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think if he hadn't killed the seagull, it would be different. The wind hadn't changed. But then again, I've... See, it's, it's annoying because I, I want to I want to see it the way I see it, which is literal, but it keeps winning me back. It keeps what? trying to... And that's you, Eggers, man. Yeah, that's Eggers. It you've keeps got, trying to skews me back into abstract. You've got to realise... frustrating. That. That that Eggers card, like, and that's why I loved it because it's like I know that Robert Eggers is fucking with me, yeah. And because I've seen the witch, this could be fucking real. Yeah. And if it is real, I love that. And if it's not real, and I take it your interpretation, it's still a masterpiece mm. because it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the the other thing I'll, I'll just quickly mention will be, um, you know, um. Mark Coven's score. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, yeah. how Amazing. annoying was that fucking horn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about getting it as a ringtone. Um, it just, I, I've downloaded the soundtrack. I don't know if you've, you've listened to it independently. No. I tell you what, if when you. I did when you when I arrived here and you had it on, but. If you, um, if you ride your bike and go shopping with it on in the middle of the day, it's. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, quite ex, it's quite an experience <laughs> to listen to it. Uh, yeah, just in your day to day life, seeping paranoia. It's um, I mean, it's great. I mean, it, it's it's what adds to the tension. It's what really builds everything. Um, the actual storm where you see the lightning and the waves crashing, yeah. and when they're like huddled together, that's my favorite. Let's talk about favorite scenes. One of my favorite scenes is they're piss drunk. They're under the table, and um, the waves are crashing through, and they're just laughing. Yeah. And it's just like, that's probably one of my favorite scenes. It's like, it's a scene where I feel the most comfortable, but only because you know it's all going to go wrong. There are two 
two things that I saw was the uh, reference to the clock. They show the clock at one point yeah. where it's like, and I looked at that. It's like time is now running out. Then there was a clock again. And it does. And just after you see the clock again, it all goes completely tits up. Yeah. Before then we go to what I can only call the, um, the, the coal burning house. And you focus on two of the pressure clocks. Yeah. And whereas you only see one before, and that's, for me, that's Wimslow's clock. And then you see both, uh, well, they're not even clocks, they're like, you know, pressure gauges. And then you see them both together at the same time. And it's like, okay, so they're both. Oh, yeah, damn. Are, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. They're both uh, losing, uh, you know, getting to that point of, of blowing. Yeah. And then right after that, it's the, because the, 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 the scene where he starts smashing up the boat, the life raft, and we're, and uh, wait running out saying, don't leave me. Yeah. It's really abrupt. Yeah. It's really abrupt. Um, almost well, like you, a, it feels like that in that moment, Willem Dafoe cares about Rob Hudson and he w- doesn't want him to leave. Which is why he smashes up the boat. Yeah, but in, not in a... Like the, the pain in his voice, I noticed that because it was weird. Yeah. The pain in his voice, he's like, "Don't leave me!" And it's so abrupt. Yeah, so abrupt. Um, because you're like, "Whoa, fuck!" That happened yeah. really quickly. We kind of went up that. I mean, I mean, let's talk about the set for a, a hot minute. Um, they built that entire yeah set. Um, you know, which is in, in, incredible. It was just, it was great. And you you go up that corridor a couple of times. Uh, throughout the the movie, but then the the water that let's face it, it's blood. It looks like blood <laughs> yeah. leaking down. Just gets more and more pronounced. Um, maybe it's because I've seen The Shining too many times. But well, there's like, Shining references in the film, like fucking chasing him with an axe. Oh so, god! Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'd imagine that was intentional. I mean, it, and it's brilliant. Like you know, where he runs out and oh, when he smashes the axe in his face <laughs> and the chunks. Just, yeah. Oh, oh, brilliant. Um. But yeah, that's really, it's it's really jarring, and again, it, it sort of, and then when he's going, oh my god, look at you, Winslow, you're so mad, you you don't know up from down. It's like, is he really concerned that Winslow? I mean, he has just fucking completely, yeah, lost it. But at that point, you know, he's not. Um, Defoe's character doesn't seem scared for his life. He seems more concerned for 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 Winslow. Um, but yeah, so it felt like there's a, a whole scene missing. So there's a whole thing we didn't see, which could be a blackout, yeah. could be because they were so drunk. You can imagine they they must go days and days without you know, yeah. memory of things that have gone on. And, uh, and well, that's the other thing about the film is just the the concept of time is just completely out oh. the window. Like even the little things, like you never see their facial hair change. Like you never see no, you never see uh, Patterson like growing any sort of beard. No, and his, and his face is always it's got a bit of stubble on it. It's not like it ever he's ever clean shaven. It doesn't. You, know, you never see him shaving. Yeah, you got it's it's got to be intentional. Like they just they want it to just take place in this kind of uh, you know nether zone where anything is, um, you know, like why would well, that is an intentional choice? I don't know. Well, again, even in the in the trailer, uh, what's quite heavily featured is how long have we been on this rock? <laughs> yeah, two days. Yeah, two years, two <laughs> weeks. You know, and again, it's like, yeah, the fucking with time is is a big thing. And uh, but again, we we could literally talk about this film for. Yeah, we should probably wrap this up. So ever. So final thoughts on the lighthouse? Would you say, as someone who's seen the witch, that it's better or worse, or would you think? No, 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 no. I can't. I can't. No, no choose. 
just choose quick. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, if you had to watch one right now, what would you watch? I mean, uh, I know you've watched the Lighthouse like last night, but uh, I really like the Witch. Yeah, I really, really like the Witch, but that's not fair because um, I really like the Lighthouse as well. Okay, all right. I haven't thought about buying a poster and framing the poster of the witch. Yeah. But I have thought about framing yeah, the poster same, of yeah. the lighthouse. So on that basis, I'm going to go with the lighthouse. Okay, dope. And what are your final thoughts on the film? How would you sell it to someone who is thinking about seeing it or buying it on Blu-ray? Maybe. Well, I would say instantly that if you're already asking me what it's like, you probably won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> if you come up to me and you're like, oh my God, did you see it? Then yeah. we're talking the same language. The type of people that would have heard about it would have already seen it. Exactly. It's, it. it's not a film you could really... It's not you. It's not. In fact, the, the, I don't think anyone's going to listen to this because you've already got your own theories, and the film came out like a few months ago, so this is worthless. But it's been fun to do. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's not Requiem for a Dream where you watch it once and never watch it again. Yeah. I'm going to definitely watch this over and over again. It's up there with Apocalypse Now for me. Um, it's one of those films. It's Alien. It's Apocalypse Now. It's The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original one, not the fucking Keanu Reeves abortion. Um, <laughs> It's the Terminator. It just—it's there. It belongs in my collection. Um, it will be rewatched again and again and again. And you think Robert Eggers has got a lucrative career ahead of him? No, I hope he I doesn't. Think I, hope he's he doesn't got... <laughs> I think he's got uh, a scratchy beardy chin career. I hope he doesn't just jump on like a Marvel or DC train and do like oh, one of those. Mate, could you a Robert Eggers Marvel? Well, movie? you know, this is the trend these days. Is the big. Um, films are directed by smaller independent directors because it they're easier to push around well so long as you're talking about a comic book franchise with lots of old english or accents then he might be on board but mm. until it's got that language to it yeah i think we're safe well sure thing is and what's interesting is that the lighthouse wasn't even pushed for any oscars you know they like, won like a, a toronto film festival award i think it won like a Cannes film festival award but it didn't it, at no point was it discussed like as part of a Oscars campaign, and it was annoying because like they they give some of the well that and uncut gems they give some of the best performances of the year. Do you think that maybe because it was um, pushed as a horror? Maybe and horror movies do maybe. not get Oscars. Maybe yeah, yeah that's fair to say I suppose, but it's not a horror. People should have watched it and known that it wasn't. You know, if 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 the Academy are, are looking at a film based on its marketing, then they're fucking idiots, aren't they? I mean, and, and I don't even care. Like, it's not, it's it's not the fact that um, I want I want the film to win loads of Oscars. Like, it's not about that. It's just the Oscars. It's a good way for a, a filmmaker to get financed again if he wins Oscars. I mean, that, that's the point. I mean, um, I would like more of these types of films to win Oscars because then it would mean that more of these types of films would get made. Yeah. And I wouldn't have to sit through fucking the Fast and Furious 18, yeah. 19, 20. Not that I'd fucking watch that shit anyway, but <laughs> sorry, Fast and Furious for anyone out there is my kind of lowbrow go-to. Uh, whenever I'm slagging something off um, that's mainstream and horrible, I'll always say Fast and Furious. Sorry if you like that, but you know, yeah, if you you're like such that- a, You're such a film snob contrarian. Well, if you, you didn't, if, if you like the Fast and Furious, then don't fucking talk to me. You won't like that. <laughs> the Lighthouse, so fuck you. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Jeez, man. Uh, like no. what you like, right? Don't like, listen like, to this man. But no. but also have an open mind. Like what you like with an open mind. Yeah, you can. All right, <laughs> you can. But just you know, you 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 influence in the world. 
That's all I'm saying. Influence <laughs> in the world, all right? Just it's make true. your choices wisely. It's true. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it's better that these films get supported. But uh, So yeah. what's next, Max? What is, do you hear anything on the pipeline uh, along these lines? Or are we just waiting what, for... What, Robert, from Robert Eggers? Uh, Rob, well, anything. Is there anything, well, is there anything in your... Because I have a movie that I'm, I really want to see um, that I haven't seen yet. And again, it might be on the sort of same level. Um, is it called The Color of Light? Oh, I don't know. Who's it directed by? Uh, I don't know who it's directed by, but it's got um, it's got uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, really? It's a, you know Nicolas Cage is playing Joe Exotic in a film or a um, They're TV not doing show. a Joe Exotic movie. Yeah, a Netflix film when they're doing Joe Exotic and he's going to Oh, my play. God. They're doing a, an adaptation of Tiger King and Nicolas Cage is playing him. Perfect. <laughs> like I can't actually know. I want to see that. I, I do want to see it. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is perfect. If you'd have said um, anyone else, <laughs> I'd have gone no. But Nicholas Cage, yeah, um, that's Joe Exotic. The Color of Light, I think it is. It's uh, based on. I think it's a Lovecraft story. Um, okay. Yeah, I perhaps should have worked out what it's actually called before recommending seeing it, but. Yeah, that's my next movie to see. Um, when films actually come out. Again. Yeah, I think it's out, but I'm too tight to to buy it. Well, uh, you've, got to, you've got to support these films. If, uh, I, I paid like nine ninety nine to watch King of Staten Island, and I only rented it. I didn't get the whole really? thing. Really? You rented it for nine? Yeah, I rented it off Amazon. You know you what? You only get it for 48 hours. You know what? You're, yeah, you're right. Because I, I, I would never pirate. I don't pirate. And if... Don't pirate, guys. Just don't. <laughs> don't do it. It's not good. And also, there's probably child porn on your file. <laughs> so that's real, by the way. You know, you think you're watching the fucking Avengers. You are watching the Avengers, but there might be porn with children in it. Uh, yeah, geez. That'd be bad. That's um, probably a good place to leave it. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, edit. let's wrap this up. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Lighthouse, give it a watch if you like artsy fartsy, scratchy beard. And you like Robert Pattinson, and you like Robert Eggers. Have I coined that? Is that a thing? No, you, artsy, fartsy, scratchy beard. Maybe that's what I'll call scratchy this. Scratchy chin film. That's what I'll call this podcast. It'll be The Lighthouse, uh, Scratchy Beard. I scratch a beard with Ian while talking about The Lighthouse. That's what I'll call Cool. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, I'm going to give this um, like five to, beards out of five. I like to come up with, like, not marketable titles <laughs> that don't, that won't go anywhere, that don't roll off the tongue. Well, Ronnie's out the back, I suppose, does, but... Five beards out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Five beards out of five, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Max. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Laters, guys. This is a thrill ride. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.